The opinion you didn't ask for. Hello. 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 Welcome back. Hey, y'all. This is episode six of the opinion you didn't ask for. (laughs) (laughs) No, but today's episode is going to be about anxiety and depression. So trigger warning. Might be a deeper episode than normal. We have some fun episodes and then some deep ones. So I'm going to start us off with our weekly check-in. I know everyone's wondering what I've been up to. No, honestly. Your life is so fabulous. Okay, so let me get you started. So I've been working like a mother trucker. I went from like not really being like... I used to be like a very like YOLO. I just work whenever. Like not really caring about working full time. But right now I was working six days a week. Because the two days I had off for my main job... One of the days I worked in my side job, and I was definitely feeling it. Very exhausted. So, I would go and take my nephew to school in the mornings, and then go straight to work. And I would work till about 4.35, and I wouldn't eat till about, like, 3 or 4 or 5. And every shift, I was going home with a headache, starving, and just feeling disgusting to the point where I would just take some medicine and a knockout. Grumpy. Yes, there. I felt like shit. And I was like, oh, I'm because every morning for a while I was fasting and I was losing weight that way because it was helping me like actually mentally like a healthy fast. Only two hours. But then this fast ended up being like eight hours, which wasn't even a fast. It was just like starvation on accident. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> on accident. I was like, why am I not losing weight? Well, tip guys, I'm not a nutritionist, but... When you don't eat correctly, your body thinks that you're, like, not going to get food. Almost like cave mode. Caveman mode. Survival mode. So, it starts to retain the fat you have. So, Mm. it's not burning it as much. So, I wasn't losing weight. I was actually kind of gaining a little bit of weight because also I was starving. So, when I would eat, it was like a feast. Yeah. Um, And that was not good for my, like, overall years of eating disorder. And when I say that, I don't want people to think that I'm, like... I mean, that's okay if you are, but... I'm, like, at the top of my eating disorder, so it's not something that I'm, like, struggling with super actively, but it's something that it is a disorder I'm going to struggle with every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I just got to, like, really have some control on it. So this, I was telling my mom about it, and she was like, Desi, you know better, because my mom's always been really good at, like, keeping me on... In check. In check, yes, accountable, so thank you, Mommy. Um, and she was like, okay, well, let's, like, I was like, do you want to start meal prepping? So we went to the store, meal prepped. I meal prepped for three days and lost like a few pounds and that was healthy i'm not kidding y'all i was i think i worked out one of the three days i was eating like so much almost like more than i normally did because i was eating breakfast a good breakfast a snack a good lunch a snack after work and then dinner when we all make dinner as a family our family cooks every night so um yeah on mondays i'm a chef but anyway, so yeah, <laughs> pretty guess. much I'm doing good because I am eating um, better and I can just feel like my body being very thankful and I'm able to go home from work feeling so much better. Alrighty, that's my weekly check-in. If you see me looking skinny on Instagram, sorry about it, but I gotta wrap it up, guys. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> i go next. Hi guys, it's Bree. Um, weekly check-in, it's more like a two-week check-in. Yeah. Um, oh. Good point. Good point. Just throwing that out there. Um, I have been doing good. I 
so the last weekend, me and Omar went to go celebrate our six-year anniversary. Woo! Uh-huh. I can't even get a man to stand at that rock. Uh, <laughs> um, we went to Austin. We kayaked. We went to a fancy place for dinner. We had a really good time. Um, then last, the, I've just been doing like, I guess this is the yeah, other part of my check-in. Emotionally, as you guys remember, in the first like four episodes, a month of our podcast, I was going through it. Literally, like, going through it. Um, but I'm doing a lot better now. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this yep. in the last episode because it was more of a fun episode. Um, but I've started seeing a therapist. Um, my company offers, like, you know, so many free sessions um, with our insurance. And so I finally decided to take advantage of that. And it has been just, like, life-changing. I, I'm i starting to feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to feel like That's, I'm, like, one of the best feelings ever. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like I'm on the right track again. Um, which has been really helpful because I was really concerned with my mental health while wedding planning because I didn't want to look back at my wedding planning and be like, Dreading, that was the that worst was, like, not time even wanting, of my like, life. Think about it because it was so bad. Yeah, like that was the worst time of my life. I want this to be like a happy time and I want to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I had so much fun doing that. I wish I could do it again. Yeah. So, um, I hope I never have to do it again, but I, yeah, yeah, exactly. You could wedding, wedding plan as a job one day. So yeah, I love to do this. This is my, this is like my bread and butter. If you're getting married and you need somebody to be a day of coordinator or need help, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, sign up. Um, but yeah, I've been doing really good. Um, work lately has been kind of stressful, um, because we're anticipating, um, like some surveys coming in, surveyors coming in. So I've been putting wedding planning off a little, um, Mm -hmm. but I have been doing my best to like make some more bigger strides Mm -hmm. toward, um, wedding planning and like bachelorette party planning and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I've just been in a much better place. Thank you. You're glowing. Thank you. Are you pregnant? No, don't even, don't even. (laughs) Just kidding. I can't even, yeah, I can't even take care of myself. No virgins. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even take care of myself, much less a fetus. Um, and that has become obviously apparent in like the last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my weekly check-in. I don't think I forgot anything else. Proud of you. That was good. Thanks. Yeah. What about you, Madison? Hi guys. Um, so my two weeks have been, they've been good, really good. Um, I'm still, you know, mourning my grandpa and that's, you know, something that I'm going to be mourning for probably the rest of my life. He was Mm -hmm. my best friend, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm, I'm actually starting to cope with that whole situation a lot better and I'm learning how to, um, mourn him in a way that is healthy and, you know, I know everybody mourns differently, but what's been helping me is just, uh, looking at pictures and videos and hearing his voice and reading his notes and mm-hmm. those are the things that have really, like, kept me above water. Yeah, the flow. Mm-hmm. yeah because I'm, you know. I just, it, it reminds me of when he was here. And, mm-hmm. uh, but also, um, I joined Orange Theory. Shout out, sponsor us, sponsor oh us. Oh my gosh, guys. Ooh, I am, oh wow. I, I, the girls know just how much I love this place. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. E- at each class, I burn upwards 500 calories, and that might not sound like a crazy amount, but no, that's a lot. I'm, uh, that's like a juicy meal. <laughs> I'm afterwards I'm like uh still burning calories throughout the day and it's just a great science behind it and I am loving it. Oh my gosh. So if y'all wanna sign up, tell them Madison sent you. Mm-hmm. Madison um, what? 
Laquay, Madison Laquay. Okay, she's like, don't tell my identity. <laughs> I know, I was like, damn. But it's okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> so that's really, and then I went camping with Trey. Shout Ooh. out Trey. It was so much fun. I love camping and it's definitely going to be something that we start um, doing much more mm-hmm. of. And yeah, that's pretty much my two weeks and they've been good and I've had ups and downs, but it's been a good, a good little uh, ride for you. Yeah. Things are looking up. Okay, guys, we're going to get started on our first question. Um, One of our listeners sent in the question, what lies underneath anger? Um, And to be totally honest with Mm -hmm. you, I don't think any of us really know what lies underneath (laughs) anger. We have some ideas, but the way that I'd like to look at this question is like, what? the way I want to answer this question, I'm sorry, is what lies underneath all emotions? Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that... What lies underneath all emotions is just being out of control. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh my God, that guy's out of control. But be not being in control, the feeling of not being in control of a situation yeah. can, I know definitely has been like the source like of a lot of my anxiety, of my depression. Like not being in charge of things and not being able to manipulate things or do things the way that I expect them to be done has made... Uh, has brought on a lot of emotions. So I definitely Mm -hmm. feel like that's probably some of where anger comes from, um, for sure. My point of view would be like, so like three years ago, I think I would get a lot angrier at stuff because I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't able to like manage or like filter out what was like offensive or what was personal. Like let's say three years ago, if Brie was like, "Mm, I don't really like that shirt on you. And... I knew, like, oh, Brie was just having a bad day or something, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now I would know, okay, well, that says more about Brie. Yeah. It's not her wearing the shirt. It's my shirt. I know who I am. I'm going to wear the shirt no matter what. So that's not going to bother bother me as much. I think when you're in control of your own feelings and, like, kind of aware of what's going on around you, it, you. yeah, but if you have, like, emotions built up in, like, almost like a, just like a rock inside of you, I think anger's almost like your go-to reaction yeah your go-to reaction especially because being angry i don't know about y'all i'm gonna be a little toxic for a second feels good like i don't get angry often but when i do i've like told like the kids before like when i get hyped up when the kid people mess with the kids when i say that i mean my nieces nephews i don't like the feeling because it feels so powerful because i'm Mm -hmm. like no one can mess with me right now like i'm Mm -hmm. nobody's gonna hurt my feelings so i think that that, that's my point of view. I don't think that's necessarily a toxic trait for you. I think that comes from being such a nice person. Yeah. So being able to allow yourself to experience the other spectrum uh, is like... To dabble in it for good. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because that's how I feel when I get mad. Like when Because like, oh, we don't no, get no, mad no. often, but when we do, yeah. I, I like warn everybody like that I get close to because they're like, I've never seen you mad before. And I'm like, you don't want to see me mad. And they're like, <laughs> no, like, no you stuff. don't understand when I'm mad. I don't have any remorse for anybody. Like, But yeah, I think that's because we're just so sweet. Of- yeah. All bar- or what is it? It's like literally like a wall comes down that's been a barrier that's been waiting for like months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, um, to like tie it a little bit to anxiety is like, and and Trey can attest to this, and so can Destiny. Um, mm-hmm. whenever I'm over stimulated with things that I have to do, I start getting very angry because I'm like, like Bree said, and Destiny, I am not in control of the yeah. situation, and I'm like freaking out about it. And the best way that I can let that go is by going to my first, um, like, one of my first emotions, like, sad, happy, mad, and just go mad because I'm, like, you know, ah! So, I think that just being in control, like, just to, like, 
backpack off of what they said is just being in control and being able to, uh, you know, compartmentalize. Is that what you yeah. said? And yeah, so I think that's a big thing about what lies underneath anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And another thing I think that subconsciously we don't realize okay so whenever you do something wrong let's say me and Bree got in a fight and I said something in the moment super pissed that I didn't mean right Mm -hmm. well that whatever I wanted to say that anger is so big it's like so much energy that the second I get it out I feel a moment of relief right that because you're like yes it's finally I'm like oh it's out and then a few minutes later seconds time goes by I feel like shit because I'm like I should not have said that I realized what I did was wrong but I think subconsciously we forget about that little moment that it comes out and that is why almost being angry feels good because we're like, we, we know that that feeling's there, but we don't acknowledge that feeling. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's a big reason why people always say, do not bottle up your feelings. Always let them out when you need yeah. to let them out. Don't bottle them up. Or it'll because get worse. Your anger can also stem from like, you know, something that's been happening repetitively and you're like, oh, I've had enough. And then yeah. you're just like, you're a fireball. Firecracker, you explode yeah. because. You know, you're 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 you bottled everything up for like months or weeks or days, yeah. or however long it is, and you're just tired of it, so you just let it out the first way that. you And can. to other people, that might be their first time hearing about it because you've bottled it up, so yeah. you seem like a psychopath. That's exactly you've yeah. read my mind. I'm yeah, like, you, and then you blow up on something that's small, and they're like, you could have easily heck? just acknowledged okay. it and it communicated it. Moment you felt it, or like over that whole span mm-hmm. that you were building it up. Yeah, it's crazy that a lot of like the lessons that we have to learn all stem to like communication. No, oh, yeah, literally. Look, when people say communication is key, I no. really do yeah. think yeah. that communication is key because yeah. if people don't know how you feel, yeah, you're what gonna like Des- to do? Denise said, you're just gonna be a psychopath coming out to them. Yeah, and, yeah. and then to you, it's unfair because it's like. I've been feeling this for months. Why don't you understand me? It's like, well, you didn't communicate how you felt. Now all I see you is like an angry person. Yeah, and it's almost when they just see you as an angry person, it's like belittling to your feelings. Yeah, and and they're not going to take you seriously because you just scare them. Does that make sense? And then you get more mad because you're like, oh, I hate that I'm looking like this. Nobody understands me. I think it's important to just... And then there's a way also to to talk about your feelings in a way that doesn't offend somebody else or, you know, Mm -hmm. but just there's always a way to communicate something without being angry mm-hmm. and I think ang- anger is always like the last resort that people go to whenever they're going through something yeah. because they haven't discussed it in the past yeah yeah for sure so yeah that's uh thoughts on anger and mm-hmm. what's behind it all right guys our next question is do you think that social media makes a difference or makes your anxiety and depression go up and I can mm-hmm. attest to this. Um, like I said, I've been going through therapy the last couple of weeks. I'm on like week number five now, I think. Yeah. I was doing them weekly. Um, but before that, about two or three months ago, maybe four now, because uh, this year's just flown by, I decided that I needed to take a social media break. And my answer is hell yes. Social media that makes such a big mm-hmm. just impression on your anxiety and on your depression. Um, now that I've been like quote unquote off of social media, because don't get me wrong, I get on, I'm still technically logged in, but I have them on like a super far away screen from my home screen in a folder that says like, do not open. But occasionally I get updates and I get, you know, and she's on TikTok. Yeah. And I'm on TikTok. (laughs) TikTok doesn't count. Actually, it probably does, but, um, I get notifications and so I'll open them up and I'll look, but I have learned based off of some advice that Desi has given me, I spend like five minutes on it tops yeah. where before I was spending like in the height of my depression I was spending like 
hours on social media yeah and not being on it totally just like eradicates like fomo yeah um, fear of missing out in case you don't know what that is yeah and i don't want to say it eradicates comparison but it helps like slow down comparison for sure because i'm not looking at other people all the time yeah i think that's a big impact is comparison Mm -hmm. so before i give you all my point of view I want to a- ask y'all both a question. And a I want surprise to- question. For surprise us. question. And I want your first answer. Okay? Don't look. I wrote it down. So, if you're not on social media a lot, right? You don't get on a lot. Madison's not on it too much. But compared to like a week where you're on it a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you love your own life more when you're on social media less? Yes. Yes. Okay, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, that's my point. My thing about social media is if you have a healthy relationship, and I think I do, but I, there's still days where I get in my head, I do not scroll. Like, I love all my people. I love all my friends, my family members and stuff, and all my acquaintances on social media. But why am I, like, physically I could feel myself and emotionally being drained seeing their best moments of their life That's when I am yeah. literally one of the few people, and I'm not trying to hype myself up that will post literally everything like I could literally get a flat tire and be like post it or me with no makeup on no filter I'll post it I know like very little people that will do that so why when I'm being 100% real with people online and I've gotten more private with my stuff so I will give it that but like if you've had me on snapchat and instagram in the last six seven years you know I used to not give a fuck what I posted like now I'm trying to be a little bit more private um and why am I, somebody that is completely open, posting their bad days or good days, my flaws, everything, going to compare myself to somebody that posts their cute one-week outfit of them at the gym, they haven't eaten anything all day, they look so good, and our body types are completely different. Like, I am a Latina Mexican girl with huge hips, my boobs are gigantor, and I like to eat. Like, and I played sports, and my body's just, I'm a thicker, bigger girl. Why am I going to compare myself to girls that I will never and never even want to look like? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I don't scroll. Like, I don't even want anybody else's life. Like, if you sit there and think about it, would you want anyone else's life? Would you want to be married to somebody else? Would you want to be spending your days with anyone else other than Trey? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we let ourselves get to that point? Yeah. Why do we let ourselves, like, get in that headspace? If you know that you can control yourself from getting in that headspace, then cool. Get on social media. But I know that there's certain times where I can't do that. So I'm not going to sit there. Like, when I say I have a healthy relationship, I mean I am aware of how I am with social media. So that's my thing. Yeah. Actions. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so, like, what she was saying about, like, me and Trey, that that was one thing that always, like, kind of affected me and viewed how the worth, the, what my relationship was. The strength of your relationship. Was, worth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because I would see these girls get, like, these huge bouquets of flowers and these um, immaculate gifts. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. I, do I want that? Is that something that my relationship Mm -hmm. should be like? Because my boyfriend will come home with my favorite food, and that's enough for me. Like, that's your love language. That's my love language. But it starts making me question the... The love there. The love, like, what I want. And that's not... But I know what I want, and he knows what I want. And I don't need to look for social media to tell me this is how your relationship Mm -hmm. needs to be. Because in reality, those people, they just posted that thing, and it's beautiful, but a, a day later... He cheated on her no, the day before. That's what I was literally about to say. 
half of the people that I find myself getting a little jealous of on social media, I just sit back and I know them in real life and I'm like, your life sucks. Sorry to say it and like not to be a hater, that might not even be it, but like a lot of those people that overly post good things are compensating. Like they personally probably are not happy. So they think if I, I convince everyone else that is following me that I'm happy and living the best life ever, which some are, and I'm not saying that everybody's a liar. If you're getting that twisted, that's not on me. Because I can admit a lot of people, their lives are like that. That's mm -hmm. good. They have a healthy relationship with social media. But a lot of our generation in our world does not. Yeah. So if I know for myself that their lives aren't like that, why am I going to sit there and get offended like so at the way that they edit their pictures? Like, why am I getting... Like, social media is a scam. It's not real. Yeah. That's literally all to make money. Like, they don't care about us. That's the thing is they know it gets in our head. There's literally people behind a screen trying to filter us to see stuff that will spend more money. We'll get emotional. Watch the social dilemma. Yeah, dilemma on Netflix. Please watch it. I that thing, it. Oh you have gosh, to watch it. It's so it. good. Yes. It really changes. It explains what I was just saying. Like social media, the algorithm and the explore page, all that is, they don't care about us. And that's the thing that people don't get is like, I'm sorry. And I know that a lot of people have good hearts and you think that people have your best interest in mind, but they don't. And that's why I don't take social media so seriously. It's yeah. a great platform for business and you know sharing stuff Things of that but nature. yeah yeah um one thing that i i really want to like show about social media is like look at movies and tv shows how is social media portrayed it's always portrayed in a way that's like bullying or yeah. mm -hmm. you know just like this uh, horrible thing and that can really affect your mental health and it's true mm -hmm. you think about this picture that you posted and you think oh my gosh I look so good and then one person can say oh my god you look fucking horrible or or you're always thinking about what are they gonna say about my picture in reality you don't need their confirmation you don't need yeah. to know or even even if people are liking it the number of likes you're getting in the time that you're getting them oh can gosh. negatively affect you too because it's positively affecting you because you're getting gratification from it yeah but also you're like well why didn't that person like that picture or Wait, why I, is it taking people so long to like my picture? can i admit something and this is me being 100 percent raw and you little haters are gonna love this one so i and i figured this out about about okay this is how social media works right so i figured out something about my social media and it made me sad it made me feel insecure a little bit so i went to other girls instagrams to figure out if that was the same thing for them to make myself feel better okay <laughs> i'm gonna tell you what it is and it's going to explain this is how toxic social media is. Because there should be no reason why I should be worrying about other people's. I can post a picture with my makeup done, cute, with a sweater, and get 200 likes. If my tits are out just a tad bit, I will get 500 or 600 likes. That is like a 400 like difference. Yeah. Which is fine, but I know show. who I am in my heart. Yeah. And I think I'm a great girl. And I'm not trying to kiss my own ass. I, like, I know who I am. And I know I have a lot to offer. So when I see that my little smile or my little turtleneck isn't getting isn't what I think enough. deserves yeah. the same amount as my boobs being out, that gets to me. So what I mean by it being toxic is for me in my head in that moment to feel better, for me to have to go out of my way to go look at other girls' Instagrams to prove that I was not the only one that was going through this and that gave me satisfaction, that is proof that... It is all about comparison. Yeah. Also, like, a, a big thing about social media nowadays, and no shame to anybody who posts their body on social media. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm so just no saying... No shame to Desi. It, <laughs> it desensitizes people to think that, well, I don't want to see you in a sweater. Where the fuck are your boobs? No, yeah, like, people have commented. Like, so I've heard girls say that people comment that or message them that. I haven't gotten that. 
Well, that's Whatever, what, yeah. so like it desensitizes the public to think that that's all almost like you're just a body. You're not yeah. just a body. You're not and and in reality, it's like well, that's your own. That's their own problem for that's thinking not, that yeah. way. But social media also like the algorithm. It will post your like on TikTok. If like they've done so many trends where like one girl she's like okay I'm gonna do a trend and she's dancing in a dress and she's then she's dancing in a bikini a dress that's like covers everything and then she's dancing in a bikini and the bikini goes viral yeah. because the algorithm posts that out there because now that's like what is wanted is, yeah is yeah. more body more more like that's the way the app is set up mm-hmm. for that to come out more and I think that can really really hurt somebody's anxiety and depression because what if you're on this journey to better yourself and you're like oh my god why can't I look like her why can't I you know why is she losing so much weight and I'm struggling and it's like well no no you're you know that you that's not you're literally there social media is is people's highlight highlight reels is their highlight reel yeah like what Madison was saying is like okay so I've been working my ass off you remember I said in my check-in that I haven't been losing a lot of weight right that I was like kind of starving on accident and I was like why am I not losing weight well, there's this girl that I follow, and she's, like, a badass, and I, she, like, inspires me. She's here from San Antonio. And I remember looking and thinking, like, I was starting to get jealous. And then I had looked, and there's no shame because I do angles, too. And then I was looking at a lot of the pictures, and a lot of them were the way that she was posed. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times, people don't understand, like, you are probably sitting in bed, comfortable, just ate dinner, snacks, full bloated. And you are sitting there... um, Comparing yourself to somebody that's at the gym, just like leaned out, not bloated, and posed. So it's like we have to have like a like that gets to me, especially at night when I've had a long day work and I'm just overwhelmed. Like a lot of it is, we just need to be in control, and if it helps you write down what triggers you, like in that moment. And I remember going to a church conference and the speaker saying, "I'm sorry, but if I." If your posts make me insecure or make me question myself, I'm either going to mute you or I'm, I'm going to unfollow you. And I don't feel bad, bad about it. That doesn't mean that you don't care. You could person, even yeah. message that person and be like, hey, girl, like, I'm, I hope that this doesn't come off. If somebody messaged me that, I would not be offended. Because they're, like, telling me. Trying Instead of me it, looking yeah. at my app, seeing that they unfollowed me, I saw. And then me thinking I messed up. And I, that's also a thing. Like, knowing that people are unfollowing you. When I see this two three seconds that the app loads i have the worst gut feeling like oh my god somebody that i really admire unfollowed me you know what i mean so yeah that's another thing but i think bottom line is don't compare your everyday life to somebody's highlight highlight reels which is social media Mm -hmm. that's what it is i mean it's come a long way yes people are becoming more like open Open and body i look bad in this picture i'm gonna post it anyways yeah but there's still a long way for it to go for sure amen yeah Alrighty, so we have another question from one of our listeners. So they wanted to know how our anxiety shows. Uh, Great question. Great question, yeah. I think um, in order for me to explain how my anxiety shows, it's good for me to kind of give you a little bit of a trip down memory lane mm. um, so that you can understand where... Story time! Um, yeah, story time, <laughs> where my journey comes from. Um, I was diagnosed with, and I'm going to say this wrong, so if you're a... Uh, medical a mental health professional please feel free to correct me in the comments um, <laughs> this is a very long time ago I guess. <laughs> yeah i was diagnosed with 
either anxiety-induced OCD or OCD-induced anxiety. I don't know if there's really a big difference depending on how I put the words. I think it's OCD-induced anxiety because you have OCD and it causes you to have have anxiety. anxiety. Because it's a control issue. Yes. Oh, okay. I was diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder. Yeah, I was diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder um, induced by anxiety in the fifth grade. Um, Diagnosed. Put some respect on her name. Diagnosed. Um, And it's... And I'd like to clarify that my OCD is not the, like, quirky OCD stereotype that people see on TV. I think that um, television doesn't always do the best job at uh, describing or showing what OCD looks like for everyone. Or any mental disorder. Yeah, really any Mm -hmm. mental disorder because it's really different for everyone. But my OCD um, comes from a lack of control um, or feeling in control of situations and... The way that that has shown itself is through, um, like, repetitive actions. So, making sure the door is locked several times. I'm not the clean kind of OCD. Um, I'm more of, like, the hoarder kind of OCD. Mm-hmm. Not to the extent where it's, like, disgusting. Oh, my God. She's, like, kept every receipt and every, like, wrapper in her life. But mm-hmm. I like to hold on to things that I've had since childhood. And that's just, like, something that helps me feel in control. Um... But, so my OCD started then. Um, I was diagnosed, I, I went to go see a therapist because I watched that show True Life on MTV mm-hmm. and they did an episode on OCD. And She's I like, was that's like, me. I have that. And so my mom took me to a therapist and sure enough, I had it. And my mom says my whole life she knew I had it, um, but I think that's when it really showed itself. Dad has it. And my dad also, you know, wasn't diagnosed with it, but we're pretty sure he has it based off of like what I was told. Um, but anyways, so I'd had that most of my life. I took medication from, I believe the age of 11 up until about 23. So more, almost half my life. Yeah. Almost half my life. I was on medication and I took everything from like Zoloft to Celexa. Like I was on medication so long. No, (laughs) I was on medication so long that my body became immune to the first one and Mm -hmm. they had to put me on Zoloft and then it started Weren't you at like the highest... Um, dose? Honestly, I don't know. Probably. Um, because it just, it's just stopped working on me after a while. Yeah. Um. You build a tolerance. Yeah. Um, at a, the age of about 20, from about 22 to 23, I hit a very deep depression. Um, in that depression, I, I, and I think I, I don't think I brought it upon myself, but a, a contributing factor was I started working very early in the morning. So as soon as I'd get home, I'd go home and take a nap. And then I'd wake up and then I'd eat and then go back to sleep. And so I was consistently doing these things. And I don't think I was in a happy place, but I was not happy with where my life was because it was not on the track of like, you know, the American dream. I wasn't, you know, finished which with is school. bullshit. Yeah, which is BS. But I wasn't finished with school. I still had a long time to go. Um, the people around me were starting to graduate and I was very far from it. Um, and I, I wasn't graduating with, like, you know, a bachelor's degree. I was graduating from a community college, which there's nothing wrong with community mm-hmm. college. And I was about graduating with a associate's degree. But I was so consumed and wrapped up in the American dream and how things are supposed to be done. In the timeline. The American timeline. That I was, like, making myself depressed. Um, and about 23 or 24, I finally started doing something about it. Um, I had gained a whole bunch of weight. And that was not helping my mental status because I have a very big insecurity problem when it comes to my weight. Um, I decided to start working out. 
Uh, I got a trainer. And that really made a big difference in my depression. Um, I came out of it. Period. You know, with the help of, you know, the Lord and just a bunch of stuff. Um, not to sound like super Christian or whatever, but that's the truth. And I was doing really good. And then a couple months ago, I kind of got back into that lull. But with the help of the therapist I am currently seeing, I'm doing a lot better. Um, I digress because I know I veered very far away from the question. But no, that's good. in order to answer it, I think that it's good to know my backstory. Um, mm-hmm. And the way that anxiety shows in me is through, um, like physically, it shows by my chest tightening. It feels like I'm getting pushed, like if, if like somebody, somebody, some giant took their hands and put them in front of my chest and behind my chest and kind of just started slowly Ugh. squeezing in like something you see in a scary movie where those people are getting squished in. Yeah, by the, like claustrophobic Yeah, almost. that's what it feels like when I get anxiety. Yeah. Um, and it gets to the point where I haven't gotten an anxiety attack in a very long time, um, but it gets to the point where I like just have a mental breakdown basically and the only way to release or to feel better is to like let it out and most of the time it looks like a temper tantrum it looks like i'm having like an emotional breakdown but it's an anxiety attack yeah essentially okay so So. i'm gonna backpack off of brie is that okay yeah that's fine okay so i just realized the reason that you feel like the the washer (laughs) the reason that you feel the need for uh, uh the reason you feel the need for like not that you feel the need for an anxiety attack because that sounds so bad but like your emotions are built so much like you're so almost like claustrophobic that the only thing that you can do is explode like and get it out like that like you Mm -hmm. can't breathe so my let me tell you all mine first and then i'm gonna explain like my story um so i get really bad stomach aches like i can feel like my stomach turning and turning and turning Almost, if you've been in a toxic relationship, that feeling of, are they cheating on me? We're fighting, whatever. Same feeling. I hate that feeling. Um, I get really shaky. Like, I can feel myself, like, not... And I can't concentrate. Like, I felt that way at work the other day, and I felt so bad. Because I was like, I feel like such a bad server. I got it all done, thank God. But I felt, like, so bad. In that moment, I was like, I want to be out of this moment, like, so bad. You know, like, when you're like... In a few minutes, I'll feel better. Like, you just, like, push forward. I also get really hot. Like, I can feel my body getting really warm. Um, and I feel like I can't get a full breath. Like I'm like, like gasping gasping for air. And then, um, so can you reiterate the question so I can wrap my head around it a little bit better? The question is, how does your anxiety show? Okay. So those are my things. Um, so I was diagnosed with the same thing that Brie was. We can't remember if it was anxiety induced OCD or OCD induced anxiety. Um, I do want to say like I'm sorry that you've been through all of that but the fact that you went through it first made my journey a lot easier because mm-hmm. I grew up understanding you mm-hmm. and mom and dad did too so whenever we found out that I had it and like maybe it was a little bit more amplified because I saw that you were doing it and but I honestly I know I have it because I still have it till this day um but I'm sorry you had to go through all that but that made my journey so much easier so big sister I stuff was like you're getting big. yeah um <laughs> And it makes it so much, because think about it, as my sister, like, if I didn't have it and people made fun of your tics or, like, little things that you did, that would make me mad. So, like, it's easy for me to defend myself because I the, one of the people that I love the most in the world mm. also does that. So, I defend you, too. Does yeah, that make sense? You see like, her in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, like, things that I do, like, that people don't know, like, every time, if you know me, and now you may know... When I'm on the phone with my Madison, my mom, Bree, or my dad, um, and, like, my loved ones, 
when I hang up, I have to say, love you, bye, be safe, see you later, love you, bye, love you. And if I don't, my head, the way that my anxiety mm-hmm. and my OCD work, I will think, I didn't get that through, they're going to die in a car accident, and it's going to be all my fault. Exactly. And I know that that's not true, but that's the way that my triggers work, and like, so I'll have to have reassurance. Like, let's say right now, I made a comment as a joke, like, let's say I said, like, Something about, especially, I do it a lot with, like, religion, and I don't mean to. Like, let's say I made a joke about Jesus, and to y'all, y'all were laughing. But then in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, God, God's going to God's gonna be that. mad. And so I'd be like, you know, that was a joke, right, Brie? Right, right? And, like, people that don't know me might think that I'm, like, weird. But in Madison, like, I have to have reassurance. But because in my head, the half of me that's, like, not OCD is, like, that's fine, Desi, you're okay. But the OCD part needs somebody that doesn't have it or somebody that knows who I am. Mm-hmm. To assure me so that I can feel better. Um, And in other ways, like, I'm like a hoarder. Like, when my parents got divorced, my dad gave me peanuts that he had from their their honeymoon. And, like, like little sentimental things like that hold so much, like, power over me. Like, not in a bad, like, idle way. But because, like, that's almost, like, it's the same thing. Like, if I don't, like, something I have control over. Exactly. So, like, for example, if... I saw something on the bed that didn't look right. If I didn't fix it, like, I could not physically concentrate on anything else until I had that done with. So, um, I do want to just talk about really quick. Um, I remember my first anxiety attack being, I was on our old road by my old house and I was just so overwhelmed. I literally had a temper tantrum, but it was like an anxiety attack. And I remember feeling super embarrassed and even my mom had been around mental disorders for a long time and even she was shook but she didn't make me feel bad but like my point is whenever you have like a mental disorder or something wrong and it is your first time experiencing it it's new to you and it's going to be new to the people around you understand and have grace for yourself that because like if obviously I was like 11 if I still remember that exact that's obviously because I was like so traumatized with mm-hmm. myself like I literally remember crying and apologizing to mom my mom being like mom I'm possessed I don't know what happened to me and like the thing is when you don't know I mean WebMD is like kind of scary but like try and reach out for help or ask like I've helped a lot of my friends figure out that they were like I would tell them hey like I'm not diagnosing you but I think like maybe that's what you're showing and they go get therapy or the, and they're like hey Desi like I was my therapist told me like the thing is if you know people that are open about their disorders or, like, you know of a therapist, go reach out for help because it'll make living in your own head a lot easier. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, Sorry, Maddie. So for, I went hard. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. Um, so for me, a quick, quick backstory on my um, anxiety and depression is, um, well, I went through something pretty traumatic whenever I was really young. Um, I had a... Um, a father figure in my life die um, and that's something that we'll uh, cover in in a later episode and and you know more about like suicide and and but anyways that whole situation with me really impacted me drastically when it came to anxiety I always felt like what if this is my last goodbye what if this is my you know what if I'm not doing enough what if I didn't get what I needed to say out and you know, and I, I'm pretty sure that I, I, it was always there, my anxiety, because um, my dad has it really bad, and his comes out as social anxiety, and it's really bad, and my little sister's comes out as just, like, 
general anxiety where it's like all the time shaking can't function if she's not on her like like sorry Gracie but just you know anyway so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a family thing but that's really what triggered it was um when I experienced that really traumatic event whenever I was eight years old 10 years old and um ours were all 10 11 yeah formative years Mm -hmm. and um so well whenever after I you know for all those years I was just dealing with this anxiety and I left destiny and then I was at this new school and I was without my best friend and then it was just always I was always feeling so much so much like anxiousness and like you had like yeah and so how it shows is I literally feel like somebody is taking my breath away like and then not in a good way. <laughs> like literally, not in a tray way. Cannot catch my breath, and I literally think that my heart is exploding in my chest, and I can't calm it down. And I feel like my body is like going. Away like from if you. I'm in a room, if I'm in a room, I feel like I'm losing control of my body, and it's going all around the room. If that makes sense. So like, like your body's pop, splitting up, and it it feels like I'm splitting up. And um, whenever we talk about, like, coping, the best way for me to feel better is, like, to do have something that kind of makes me feel grounded. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, so that's how my anxiety shows is, like, I literally feel like I'm getting split in, a, in the middle. My heart is exploding and I cannot breathe. Wait, mm-hmm. can I ask you something really fast? So, you know, in movies, whenever somebody's, like, high or drunk or whatever and they show up from their point of view where they're looking around... And there's like the rooms like all I'm weird dazed. and shit. I feel like that when I'm having really bad anxiety. Yes. Like, like yeah. tunnel vision. Like a day. Tunnel vision, yeah. And yeah, exactly. I kind of feel like I'm sitting in my head. And just like watch trying and I'm to control watching it. my body do movement. Yes, literally. And I'm like, like an out of body experience out of almost it's an in a in, in your body, body out, out of body experience. experience. Yeah. And that's how mine shows. And I guess now Desi's well not now Desi's, but you that's a good way to put you. it. Yeah. I'm like, you just brought that upon me. <laughs> Okay, for our next question, um, it is, how can someone fight anxiety and depression at the same time? Um, and this is something that I really want to touch base on with you guys because um, I have anxiety-induced depression. And so um, a little backstory to that is I had anxiety, and y'all knew this about <laughs> what I just told you guys. I have, I've had anxiety, and it's been so bad, right? Well senior year I'm I'm literally I have my first real real attack that I am like driving I have to stop driving I have to have my mom come pick me up in the middle of nowhere (laughs) because I cannot finish driving and she's like oh my gosh you need to go get checked and like I've been telling you but anyways story for another time um and so that is when I first had it So I went and got checked and the doctor did the worst possible thing that he could have done to somebody who deals with anxiety and it was give them Xanax. And if you take Xanax and it works for you, I'm very happy for you. Mm -hmm. But there are so many people out there who can attest to Xanax ruining your life Mm -hmm. and it ruined mine. I was addicted to Xanax for a year and a half and to publicly come out and say this is like, a big deal. You know, yeah. it really makes me feel... Because I'm, like, thinking back to that time, and I don't remember it. I don't remember being in that slump because I was so Medicated. just zanned out all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was to the point where I was taking, like, 
it, just ridiculous amounts every day to just not feel the anxiety because I wasn't my anxiety was I, I, I left home, I'm in college, I'm away from home, I don't, I'm not doing my homework, I'm scared to go into school, I'm falling behind, I have all these anxieties, and I just didn't want to feel them. So I took the Xanax that the doctor prescribed me, and it ruined me, and it put me into a depression. Um, I was asleep all day, all I wanted to do was sleep, that's all. I, and it was horrible for me. I, I literally was somebody that I, unrecognizable. And then my mom, I had a really like deep conversation with my mom and I'm like, mom, I do not feel good. And I, you know, and it took me a year and a half to say that, like, I feel horrible. And so I went to a psychiatrist and, um, that's where I started getting, I got off of Xanax completely. I crushed it up and threw it away. Okay. Um, I did it. Down the toilet? No. I, I threw it away. Time. You're not supposed to put pills down the toilet. Why? It's like a thing. Oh. Well, <laughs> don't put pills down the toilet, guys. Um, so anyway, so I, I got off of that completely and I got on, um, an antidepressant and one way that I really was able to tell that I was depressed is that colors were dull to me if that makes sense I'm I love painting painting is something I am just so passionate for and I stopped I couldn't see the beauty in things mm -hmm. and like I'm gonna start crying because I love life so much so so to not be able to see the beautiful moments in mm -hmm. life really affected me and so I went and saw him I got on him you know um I got on medicine and um, just, I'm, I'm no doctor and I'm not giving medical advice, <laughs> but one thing you need to know when dealing with anxiety and depression and, you know, there is not a magic pill. Mm -hmm. And that's like the main thing that people need to understand that a pill is not going to take this burden away from you forever for, cure at, you. at any, yeah, at any mm -hmm. point it will give you traction to help you mm -hmm. help your life. Mm -hmm. And it, it took me a few months to realize that taking this medicine, I needed to do something more to be able to have it work. You have to have other stuff too on the side. So I would, mm -hmm. you know, I, that's whenever I really got into um, yoga and meditation mm -hmm. and, and uh, it just, everything on that was just so incredibly helpful because I actually felt like I had, I was doing, an, I was making an effort because the, Putting something cause the, the medicine will the only go yeah. so much for me. It'll only do part of the work. And, yeah. um... So dealing with anxiety and depression and both at the same time, I strongly, strongly suggest mm -hmm. that you go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, there are a bunch of natural remedies, but in reality, you have a chemical imbalance. Yeah, and you and need that's okay. and and you could go see a doctor who's holistic, and and they mm -hmm. can do stuff. The doctor that I went and saw, he was a holistic doctor, mm -hmm. or he wasn't necessarily holistic, but he did do things more he natural. And whenever I was on my medicine, he was like, "We can start, you know, like uh, you don't have to take such a high dosage, yeah. and you can do other things to help improve." You yeah. know, they always say you want to balance your life spiritually, mentally. And, um, physically, physically yeah. all of those aspects of your life will definite, like once one of them is out of balance, everything else yeah. will go out of balance. So yeah. you really want to make sure you're balanced and all of that. So go see a doctor and, and, you know, that's just such a big thing for me, especially with everything that I dealt with, with my anxiety and, and all of that. Yeah. 
I wanted to touch base on something um, Madison said, and I'm not trying to downplay your 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 no not uh, your issue with um, Xanax, but one of the side effects of depression also is blocking out memories because mm-hmm. I can't remember mm-hmm. stuff from when I was depressed. Like yeah. I try really hard, and there's only key things, and I've heard it a lot of time. A lot of people say like I thought I was the only one. Like you, so your brain, your brain you. yeah, your brain tries to protect itself so it like blocks out these things yeah. i'm sure it had a lot to do with being zanned out like you said yeah. but i think but also like a lot of people experience that just with being depressed like i look oh, back yeah. and like i can't remember like a good year and a half of my life that's I how i feel i, I barely yeah. remember the time that my parents were getting a divorce i like cannot i can tell you better stories of like me being five or six and I can't of me being like 12 and 13. That you're right. I can't yeah. remember things from three years ago, but I can tell you day to day what my life in high school was like. Yeah. yeah. But I, I literally cannot I remember, remember. Yeah. living in that apartment, um, doing things. Like the only how I remember it is I have some videos on my phone. Of like, like Snapchat. Some, some, yeah, like, oh, you know, I don't remember. Oh, that. oh, yeah, we did do that. And I never gave it a second thought because I was just, yeah. I mentally was like clocked out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. So, I wanted to add a few things. So, for a good way to, like, fight that at the same time, like Madison says, look for help. Another thing, don't isolate yourself. I know sometimes it feels so good to just be by yourself, especially when you are going through that stuff. Like, believe me, I know. Um, I'm going to get religious real quick. If you don't believe in God, that's okay. My point of view is God put Adam and Eve on this earth together for community. So they weren't supposed to be by themselves. We were not made, if you believe in God, that's fine. If you don't, it's fine. We were not made, in my eyes, to be on this earth by ourselves. So why the heck are you walking through this stuff by yourself? If you don't have people that understand you or people that, you know, you're that close to, that is okay. There's hotlines. Yeah, find somebody. And we can leave that in the description. Find somebody. There's Tinder, Bumble, BFF, all that stuff. Find people, and also, but it's good to, like, build trust with people, but find community, find groups, social media, make friends. And I also think that sometimes it's easier to address, well, no, I 100% believe that, because it's been evident in my life, it's 100% easier to address your mental issues or your mental health issues with someone you don't know. Someone who who knows absolutely nothing about you. You don't have to worry that they're going to go tell your parents Mm -hmm. or that you're going to... Yeah, but make sure you're doing... Or view you differently. Make sure you're doing it with someone who has your best interest in mind. And that's why we're we're pushing towards a medical professional because their whole... They've dedicated their whole career to trying to help your life get better. Most of them are in debt for this. So they don't... They're not trying to... I mean, sometimes, but they're not out to get you for the most part. Yeah, they're not they, going to give you advice got that's going to hurt you. They they said an oath whenever they graduated school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was to do, do no harm. To do no harm mm-hmm. and and actually help people and um I think one of the big reasons and I'm glad that Destiny mentioned it is that I fell so hard is because I didn't have that support system that I had whenever I was at home. I didn't have my yeah. mom, my siblings, yeah. my stepdad, my grandparents, my family. Like, yeah. I didn't have anybody. I mean, I had Destiny here. But I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I literally say up until six months ago, I did not know who I was. So I apologize. Like, and that's not my fault or your fault. I was growing up, but, like, it makes me sad because I'm like, I don't even know what kind of support system I was at that time. And it makes well, me... Well, that's like, another thing is that you you can't... 
Depend on other depend people. Depend on people. Because yeah. you happens. don't know what they're going through. Yeah. And, and a, one big thing that I tell Destiny sometimes, like, hey, are you mentally prepared to listen to me? Oh, yeah, yeah we always ask. Clear my baggage with you? Because if you're anxious right now, I don't want to I don't want to feel more on you. Yeah. start doing that. We ask that to each other all the time. Dang, I need to start doing it that. Just, it's because, like a mental health you check know, before you mental health them up. Yeah. yeah. So don't necessarily just rely on your friends and family. You can rely on them as a support system, but don't. Depend them, on them. Don't make them the number one accountability. They are not your, your medicine. Life. Also, because they do not have a degree in this, so they may not know how to handle or help you handle your issues correctly. Yes. They may be hurting you even though they're not trying. Like they to don't hurt mean you. to. And they might diagnose you and not know what like you're actually going yeah. through. You know, you can diagnose someone and, you know, be like, well, I think you might have anxiety, That's but in reality, they have like a bipolar disorder and it's like oh my gosh you that is a whole different ballpark yeah Yeah. and that's like why when I said put some respect on the disorder like I'm not trying to sound ugly when I said that we were diagnosed but if you've grown up Madison you can attest to this if you've grown up with an disorder that you have been diagnosed you've gone dreading the therapist because as an adult I love the therapist but as a child I used to hate that shit. Like, literally being ridiculed as a kid, not knowing, them not knowing what the fuck I was doing, or when I would say my love you by, like, I get made fun of that at least once a week. It doesn't bother me because I know people don't mean it that way, but whenever people just throw out there that they have a disorder, and I'm like, oh, you've been diagnosed? Oh, no, I just, like, I just know. I self-diagnosed. I so if somebody died, it's almost disrespectful, and that's okay if you have it, but go get diagnosed because it's like, like, when people fake that they got raped or something, it's like, Okay, but that's that's not it's not the same situation. I've been sexually assaulted, so sorry if that offends people. I know that, that was a bad comparison, but it's like put some respect on the disorder. Like I have been tormented for my more my more than I can remember. So for you to just throw that out there and thinking like it's so, quirky, yeah, that it's, it's cute. Like cute. It's like that's a like a little thing. emo girl vibe on social. That's like oh, kind I'm of so anxious, and you might actually yeah, be. But go get diagnosed. But but go get diagnosed. Yes, but also. And this is going to kind of tie into our next question, but without getting into it, know the difference between anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. I have gone 27 years of my life not really recognizing that there was a difference until I started doing therapy. My therapist was like, well, let's, let's talk about stress and anxiety. And what she told me is like, we need to, you need to recognize that just that not all stress is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Stress is things like work. Things that, you know, are temporary and they, they temporarily stress you out, and but they're manageable. It's the mm-hmm. things that, you know, they bother you throughout the day, but you're not, like, in a ball crying, mm-hmm. you know, freaked out about it. Anxiety is the uncontrollable, yeah. like, stuff. And, and, again, if you're a mental health professional and I'm quoting this wrong, you know, this is my uneducated opinion, yeah. self-experience opinion, but... Stress is like the day to day things. Like work, oh, I have a life, lot of homework. Dishes, oh, I need laundry. Yeah. yeah, all those things. Mm-hmm. Anxiety are the things that like cripple you, basically. No, yeah, literally like, that the stomach turning feeling. Like and that for thing you, it those. could like for you. Te- those like, things could you could be, be you so could. stressed out that you do get anxiety. But like when you have like if I had an anxiety attack right now, I will completely know the difference between that anxiety and. Me just being stressed out because I have too much on my plate. An anxiety attack and, like, a stress attack is, like, two different things. I know being on the phone with Destiny sometimes, she's like, hey, I I I can't be on the phone right now. I'm sorry. There's, like, so much going on. I can't be on the phone. I'm like, okay, she's stressed. 
Yeah. But I know she's not having an anxiety yeah. attack yeah. because she's not losing her breath. She's not, yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah. So that is a big thing. You need to know the difference between those two. Because once you figure out that there is a difference, it kind of gives you power over it. Over sure. it. I need to say something really quick. So like I said, you know that about me. So if I'm feeling, so like today I did it when we were, I was driving, there was too much going on. I told her, I'll text you, love you, like reassuring her that I'm good and I love her and we're good. But I'm, I need to not talk right now. A good thing to help you out, when I meet people and I get close to them, I warn them about a few things that have going through me. When I start talking to guys, if it starts getting very physical, I warn them that I've been sexually assaulted, so there are a few things that you can't do around me, or I'm so sorry, but I might beat the shit out of you. Like, that's just my thing. Also, when I meet people and they're around me, the first time that they hear me on the cell phone and I do my, my love you, mm-hmm. say, I make sure to tell them, because... Like, if they giggle one time, it's fine. But if I tell you what it is and you continue, it's going to piss me off. Because I've... Like, if you want to play with me, it's cool. People do it all the time. But if you're being an asshole about it, I'm not going to put up with that. So, like... be Also, be, like, a good partner and warn them so you don't start fights. Like, I mean, it's not a need, but, like, there's little things that you can... And it'll make your life a little easier. Well, that's what caused a bunch of strain in me and Trey's relationships towards the beginning was because I was trying to figure out what I was going through. Yeah, so he was And at the time, he was like, what is wrong? Yeah. And I couldn't even tell him what was wrong because I was so, like, consumed in my own... that I I was so consumed in my own head that I just didn't give a fuck how I treated him. Yeah. I care... care, It's not that I didn't give a fuck, but I was just so, like... You, I didn't think it about was above you and you how above I was, yet. I didn't think about how I was treating yeah. him. So yeah, definitely get control of all of that because mm-hmm. yeah. And by no means we are no medical professionals. Yeah. I know we've said this already, <laughs> but don't listen to this Take podcast and be like, time. oh my God, we're cured. Listen to this pos- pat- podcast and schedule your psychology appointment. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think what something Madison was going to say a second ago, but didn't get the chance to say was like. I know I said stress looks is like the everyday day-to-day stuff, but for some people that is anxiety stuff. Yeah. So just because your anxiety looks different than somebody else's or your stress is somebody else's anxiety does not make it any less like important or any less um uh like real. Yeah. So take, you know, what we're saying with a grain of salt. Period. Yeah. But see a therapist. Period. Yeah. Go see a therapist. Yeah. Please, please. Please see a therapist. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. So this is our last question from our listeners, and I just want to say thank you to our listeners. We appreciate all the support. Mm-hmm. Question: Coping mechanisms. What are your coping me- mechanisms to deal with your anxiety and depression? Let me say mine really quick. So, I personally like to be organized. I know my triggers, what's going to get to me, so I like to do them ahead of time. I set alarms. I'm ahead of the game. I personally having a list and being able to cross stuff off even if it's go take a shit go drink extra water little things that i know i'm gonna do i'll add them in there because it brings me peace um my room being clean relieves so much stress doesn't mean it's clean right now but i know like tomorrow is one of my best friend's birthday logan if you're listening love you um and i know that i'm gonna have to get ready and i know i'm gonna wake up late and be in a rush so the best thing for me to do is be organized have my makeup prepared for me the night before have all my stuff ready, have a plan. That way, when I'm stressing out, I will know, oh my God, I don't know what to do. No, you do know because you made a plan. You already did it. Yes, uh-huh. you already did it. Um, Prevent that anxiety. And then another thing is um, I have anxiety attacks in the car for some reason. I don't know why. Kind of often, not too often. Putting the windows down, feeling air that you are alive. And then one more, drinking water. Drinking water takes, like you can't drink water while you can't breathe. 
So you have to sit there and control your breathing, drink water, drink the liquid. Um, another tip is any form of liquid, obviously I'm not telling you to chug hot steaming water, but any liquid, hot, cold, warm, will cool your body down. I don't know how it works that way, but any temperature. So if you have warm tea, something, it'll cool you down. And a lot of times when I'm anxious, I feel hot. So if I feel a rush of cold, it'll almost switch things up and remind me like, hey, you're alive. There's okay. a change in, yep. in, yeah. in what's going it's on. It's like bringing your body temperature. Yes, exactly. Alrighty, Very ladies. good coping mechanisms. Thank mm-hmm. you, sexy girl. <laughs> so for me, um, some coping mechanisms, like I said before, whenever I'm having anxiety, I feel very like a uh, split in multiple, like You're I feel yourself. like I'm losing myself in the room yeah. um, and I'm like, I can't breathe. And one thing that I got and, or actually I didn't get my boyfriend's mom, Kim, she got it for me, mm. um, a weighted blanket and it has mm. made the biggest difference in my life. I like to feel grounded. I like to feel confined. And I know that that, some people are like, don't fucking touch me. And I understand that. But for me, what works best is being like held and Mm -hmm. having a weighted blanket holds me down and makes me feel like I can't lose myself. Like, um, like, uh, because you're all over the place. So you're feeling composed. Literally. I want to feel composed. Um, and another thing that I I really want to like, uh, insight is, um, talking to your friends and your family, about your condition so that way when you are having an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. they know kind of what to do when I tell Trey I'm having an anxiety attack he doesn't say anything he goes and gets my weighted blanket puts it on me and holds me and doesn't say a word but that's what he does because he knows that that grounds me yeah and with destiny whenever I was living with her I would just want her to come sit in the room with me so whenever I told her I'm having an anxiety attack, she would just come and sit at the edge of the bed and that would just calm me down because just I'm like, like if else. she's looking at me, then I'm not flying apart. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like in like, a way, if she's looking at me, then, like obviously my body's not all over yeah. the Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. another thing. And, um, the last thing I want to talk about is gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned this from my challenges with IBS that have been caused by anxiety. <laughs> um, we don't have to get into all of that, but um, gut health really, really, mm-hmm. really changes the way that your body processes energy. And if you're putting in good food in your body, it's going to release good energy. Mm-hmm. And eating bad and what all of that. What you're putting in is going to come out. Eating bad and, and yeah, it, Not it will just come shit. out. But, yeah. Um, eating, <laughs> it, definitely, like, you are what you need kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And one thing that I learned that helps me tr- just dramatically with my stress and and or anxiety and 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 depression is berries so like blackberries blueberries strawberries mm. berries in general just definitely Goes help nice with like berries. my 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 body um and one little cool fact that i learned um whenever you're um eating or whenever you're having an anxiety attack excuse me when you're having an anxiety attack mm. a good thing to do is eat something and the reason why is that Whenever you're having an anxiety attack, your fight or flight kicks on. Mm-hmm. And if you're eating, immediately your body's like, well, if I'm eating, then I must be safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it kind of like, like switches up to... your head Ooh, to make you think that you're... Be careful not you're... to choke, though. Like, yeah, no, no, no. no. This, isn't like... Like, this is like chew, a, chew some ice, chew something, swallow something. Like Destiny said, swallow water. Because your body's like, well, if I'm doing this, then I'm obviously not in danger. I'm yeah. safe because yeah. I'm eating. Yeah. Because like... Primal, like back in our caveman days, we wouldn't eat if we were in danger. So yeah. like our, you That's always cool. have to like think. You mm-hmm. always have to think of your body as like, um, 
think of the simplest way that your body is working. And the simplest way that it's working is back in caveman days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's your all the cavemans did was just listen to their instincts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a good way to do that is just trick your brain into thinking that you're safe because you mm-hmm. are safe. So yeah. eat something. I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and my boss taught me that and she, cause I had a, quite a few. Well, yeah. And she worked with kids. So that's probably helped so, her a yeah, lot. So that was a big one for me. Um, so yeah, recenter yourself, talk to your friends, stay grounded and good health. Yeah. Gut health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys, I kind of have a little, so, I mean, a little, I have a lot, so bear with me. Um, and granted, these are all coming from the last five weeks of seeing a therapist weekly. Um, so they're not like, again, don't take them for Bible, <laughs> but I think they come from a good place. And yeah. most of these, are, it's just from my learned experience. Um, I want to talk first about the one that Madison just talked about with Trey, how she's informed Trey, like, and Destiny, like, this is what happens when I'm having an anxiety mm-hmm. attack. I think when it comes to anxiety and stress, a good thing to do is, like they both mentioned, know your triggers and forewarn the people around you so that they can help in that way. The other day Mm -hmm. I came home and I was stressed because I was being kind of a bridezilla and I told Omar on the way home, I texted him, I said like, hey, as soon as I get home, I need to work out. I hope you don't mind. I just need to relieve some stress. And he was like, okay, that's fine. You're, if you're, whoever you're talking to loves you and cares for your health, they're not going to mind that you need to yeah. take some time for yourself. Amen. So Amen. learn to take five, take a five minute break, take a, do what you need Go to on do. A little drive. Yeah, take a minute for yourself. Um, and, and speaking of working out, something that my therapist suggested I do is to continue to work out. She said, when you work out, you're basically preparing yourself and readying yourself to be in a better mood no to be in a better mood when something stressful happens Mm -hmm. because you've tired out your body your body Mm -hmm. has put all this effort into working out into the workout so you don't have the energy to deal with the stress so it's not that the stress is important but it's just you're like you have you care less about it Mm -hmm. basically and it kind of puts the stress into perspective once yeah. you're uh, once you're done working out. You're like, you're oh, like thinking, I just needed to get the energy out. Yeah, yeah it's not that big it's of a deal. It's definitely yeah. something that I can yeah. control. That's another reason why you should definitely uh, learn the difference between stress and anxiety. Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when, when the time comes to change it or mm-hmm. to do something about it, you'll know what you're working with. That's yeah, why they make exactly. all the very successful people in movies super, they work out in the morning, so they go for runs. It's like... They've got it together. They've got it together. Um, The other thing that that Madison kind of touched base on was grounding. There's this technique that I know it like went viral on TikTok. Um, I've had to do it with my boss before because she's had anxiety attacks at work. And it's, I want to say it's like the five things challenge Mm -hmm. basically is the best way to say it. Yeah, that's what it is. Tara told me about that. And you do, so when you're in the middle of an anxiety attack and it works best with anxiety, um, I think at least, um, is you name five things you can see. And it may take you a while to get through it. It's totally fine. It doesn't have to be like, blah, 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 blah. But it you're concentrating like, on that and not your yeah. anxiety. So you name five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. To be totally honest with you, when I did this on my boss, I had no idea in what order to do it. But the point is, you're focusing your attention on something else. And it worked. She was like, oh my gosh, that worked. Where'd you get that from? I'm like, TikTok. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, TikTok University. Yeah, TikTok Mm -hmm. University. Um, And some other things, you know, rapid fire that my my therapist has told me to do, journaling. um, And then writing down the things that you know you can control and the things you can't control. So that when you do get stressed out about these things, you can remember, like, is this something I can control or is this something that's out of my control? 
Um, she's also, you know, suggested learning to go with the flow, mm-hmm. like letting go of the reins and just taking things as they go. Um, that's been a struggle for me, but it's been super helpful. I've noticed it actively working in the yeah. last couple of weeks. Um, I struggle very much so with um, taking things personally and thinking overthinking things and so learning to take things to surface level learning to you know take things for what they are if people are mad at you or if there's an ulterior motive behind mm-hmm. something they're going to tell you and if they don't that's on them not you yeah um so don't overthink it you know let their you know let their emotions be theirs and just go by what they say um learning to communicate better we talked about that earlier just talk about what you're feeling you'll probably save yourself you know hours of stress if you just put it out there mm-hmm. And then something, one last thing that came to my mind when you guys were talking about driving and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, is going on like a scenery walk or mm-hmm. getting your feet on, on the grass. grass. I was going to yeah, say that. On the yeah. ground and in the grass. Mm-hmm. Centering yourself, like grounding yourself again. Because literally like the earth is like medicine, the, little therapy. The amount mm-hmm. of energy that the earth is letting out and, exuding, and you know, yeah. it's not that I'm... I want to get more into like the energy aspect yeah. of things, but I, you know, it's true that Earth lets out so much energy. So if you just feel Mother Earth, Mother Earth, Mother Earth, Mother Nature, Mother Nature, just really fast. And a really good thing to do is um, there's like a breathing method and it works for me yeah, amazing. It's a uh, seven, 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 and it's seven in, seven hold, seven out. You breathe for seven minutes in. Minutes? You hold or seven minutes. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Seven seconds. Seven seconds. You breathe for seven seconds in, hold it for seven seconds, and let it out for seven seconds. And it definitely, because that's another thing about um, changing uh, what you're thinking about. So that five, five. Like redirecting yeah, your focus. Yeah, it's just redirecting how you think. Um, really fast, I have, you know, I talked about my heart rate. I get really worried about my heart rate. Um, uh, something that's helped me is I got an apple watch and i'm not saying you have to get an apple watch but they sell 20 dollar heart rate monitors on or like fitbits too or fitbits yeah something like that to you know and it just reads your heart rate for you and when i'm looking at my heart rate while i'm having an anxiety attack i am able to like physically see that my heart is not dying like it's not gonna explode yeah and and that's something that really really makes a difference for me but you know everybody i think we what we want to you know let everybody know is that everybody deals with anxiety yeah and depression differently everybody struggles with this you're not alone you should definitely go see a doctor um (laughs) like it's just we are again by no means giving medical advice we are just once you get the medical help that you need maybe refer back to this and yeah, getting see, some advice oh yeah Bree did say about the five five thing or whatever and or oh yeah the seven seven or yeah maybe I should just feel the air with my hands and mm-hmm. physically touch something and you know there's so many things that we're just trying to explain to you mm-hmm. how we cope with our anxiety and our depression and you know just give you a little glimpse about our life because obviously this isn't easiest for everybody to talk about and yeah you know me, I, I talked about a lot of things today that kind of gave me a little bit of anxiety because I, you know, when you talk about the traumas that you have experienced, that definitely brings up something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we are here for you guys and we love you. And if you want to talk to somebody or you're like, I just, I feel lost. I feel like I don't know what to do. Message us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. Like we are seriously so open here 
There is no like bad mouthing anybody. Mm-hmm. There is no, you know, it's, all good vibes. It's and good all intentions. good vibes, and we we literally just want the best for you guys, and we really hope that this reaches somebody and helps them, mm-hmm. even and, if it's just one person. That's just what we want, you know. And we have so much experience in a lot of these things, and it's nice to know that like we may be able to help people. If we can't help you, we can most likely find yeah some someone. resources yeah. or somebody that can help you. And that's what I was gonna say. Do not let cost be the reason why you don't seek help or yeah. don't seek therapy. Yeah, because there are see, so yeah. many There's free ways. avenues and resources. I know when we say go see a therapist, go see a therapist, I'm I'm not going to say we're rich, but we're pretty good, well off, but the first thing every time I would say, I'm like, money, 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 money. And like, even if I know, like, they don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like, and I'm we're, we talk about it all the time, so like, I don't want people to ever think that we're like, either even money shaming. Like, if you can't do it, we can help you figure something out. Yeah. If not, like, like I said, there's resources. So and we'll definitely you. post on our Instagram, um, like places in San Antonio that might be able to mm-hmm. help you, like community centers and you know even hotlines. like hotlines. We'll definitely post some things for you guys to see and and you know hopefully utilize if you actually need them and um, yeah. So yeah, we we, uh, we love y'all. We love y'all so much. And this was a little bit of a deeper. A long, deep episode. Long, deep episode. We, we were so excited. <laughs> long, deep episode. <laughs> She's like, look at how long it is. Oh, gosh. Uh, but um, anyways, we love you so much. And we we're so happy that you, you are listening and you made listen. it through this whole yeah. episode. We hope you have a wonderful week and let us know what you think. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.